0: Do you ever hear the alarm go off and think, "Eh, five more minutes? Well, you are not alone. Welcome to the Life as a Team Sport podcast, where we will take the concepts from sports and apply them to everyday life. So whether you're an athlete, a former athlete, the mom of an athlete, or just love watching sports, we invite you to come along with us as we explore family, faith, fitness, and have a lot of fun doing it. This is a podcast by the women of sport for the women of sport.
1: Good morning and welcome back to the team room. I'm Patricia and I'm here. We have a guest today and I think today's going to be a really hard topic but really great one for a lot of people. It's something that a lot of people don't spend a lot of time talking about but I think it's really important. So um, I'm really excited about it but uh, we'll get to that in a second. Becky how you doing?
0: great do you want to know what's really happening or just the fake just kidding oh, no 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 <laughs> keep
1: it real listen we're in the team room right now keep keeping it real.
0: it real I'm driving around looking for a shady spot to park <laughs> that's right well listen it's summer
1: and Becky and I have committed to getting this every week and we are making it happen but while we're keeping it real I'm sitting in the parking lot at a baseball field because yesterday's afternoon game got rained out and so we have a second game down here in Atlanta today, this afternoon. So, you know what? It's all good. It's all good. We're keeping it real. It is summer, and we're on the move, but we're making it happen.
0: So it's fine. That's right. We're excited. I'm really excited to meet Juanita. I know I get to meet everybody via the podcast, but yeah, just need to meet all these, all these people.
1: Yeah, yeah. So... Today our guest is a friend of mine, her son and my son play on the same baseball team and have for quite a number of years and I've gotten to know her there. She is a real estate and construction um, management, that's what uh, she does for a living for um, a small company in Maryland. She's also mom to two amazing
2: kids so welcome to the show Juanita Pizer. Thank you very much. And because the boys at my company will um, have my um, my neck if I don't correct it, the company is in Virginia. I happen to live <laughs> in Maryland, but they are based in Virginia. Oh, <laughs> oh got it.
1: Well, thank you. Yes, my mistake.
2: no worries. <laughs>
1: we both live in Maryland, so yes, that was, that was my mistake. Yep. Awesome. Well, today we are talking about the subject of co-parenting through divorce, which again, like I said, it's a topic that I think is really hard for people to talk about, but I think it's super relevant for a lot of moms out there. And so I'm excited to be able to delve into that with you today. But before we get to that, we want to hear something from your highlight reel.
2: You know, um, I... It's sometimes hard at you know season transitions, whether it's the end of school, beginning of summer. I happen to love summer. Um, it's a very short summer, so we're packing a lot of things in, um, and so I'm loving summer. I yes. am loving the fact that we've got vacation coming up. I'm uh, and we're going to Jamaica actually at the beginning of August. <gasps> We'll have a nice little break right before we get right back into school. So I think that generally right now, although summer brings with it its own set of logistical challenges with work and kids still doing sports and doing nothing and all of that, it's just, it's kind of, it's nice to have the break. And I'm also really loving coming out of COVID, seeing the things that are happening in the world after, you know, coming out of it. We're not done, but coming out of it.
1: Yes, yes, I totally agree with that. Now, wh- are you staying somewhere specific in Jamaica?
2: We are going to Negril, and <gasps> we are staying. Yeah, we're staying at a. I think it's the Royalton in Negril is where we're staying.
1: Yeah.
2: Wow. Mm. Okay, Very so sad. we're gonna
1: have to have you back on later and get the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Get the feedback from that. That sounds amazing. Sure. Yeah, we that's were, where so I. We
0: were, yeah, I wanted. That's where I wanted my honeymoon, Juanita. Oh my goodness.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, you my know, goodness. If you have any tips or any suggestions, I'm open to hear them. I will
0: text you after the show because, seriously, okay. there's a couple things we did that were I would do again in a heartbeat, and your awesome. kids will love. Awesome. So, we're thrill seekers. That's what we, we love to oh, do. perfect. Because so. we jumped off the cliffs, and I'll, I'll text you about where it's called. I think it was called Rick's Cafe. Rick's Cafe. That's the one place that I know of, and everybody's you, you, like, you have to go there. You do. There you go. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all I got. <laughs> Yep.
1: That's amazing. I love it. That's great. Well, today, like I said, we are talking about co-parenting through divorce. So before we quite get into that topic, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background Mm -hmm. with sports and then what you do
2: now. Sure. Um. So I started um, really with like dance and gymnastics when I was very young, like don't remember young. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've been told, I was kind of told to pick between gymnastics and dance, and I chose dance. And that was about two or three years old from what, I, well, mm. you know, from what I've been told and remember. Um, and I danced all the way through um, my um, senior year of high school, and I had planned to join the dance team in college. Um, I was only able to go to college for one year, so that didn't end up happening. But um, that was my life. It was competitions and performances and recitals and, and everything. In addition to dance, I skating figure skating for a period of time. I did synchronized swimming one summer. Um, I did soccer one year. I played softball one summer, but I hated softball because I wanted to play baseball.
0: Um,
2: yes. I was a cheerleader for a few years. I <laughs> tried out for field hockey and did that for a little bit. Um, but my main sport, um, aside from dance was volleyball. Volleyball was, um, uh, still has my heart to this day. So I you know, played on the championship team in high school. Um, and yeah, then I've, you know, since high school, I didn't do much until my kids started playing sports. So they have been playing, my daughter started playing soccer when she was eight. And my son have started, I think, in the womb playing sports, so <laughs> we just had to harness him a little bit. And um, baseball's his main sport now.
1: Yeah, man, mm-hmm. that's cool. So, you are a well-rounded athlete. Awesome.
2: <laughs> I, I, I guess I had a commitment phobia because I couldn't stay attached to any, <laughs> any one of them except for dance and volleyball. I just wanted to really do it all. I really wanted to try as much as possible. If they would have let me on the football team, I probably would have tried that. Genuinely. I just...
1: Ooh, absolutely.
2: So much energy and I loved being a part of teams. I loved co- competing, <laughs> loved uh-huh. everything about it. And so glad that I did it. And today you know, working, um, on teams and in project management, um, having been part of those sports teams when I was younger, you know, you learn phenomenal life lessons being Mm -hmm. in youth, when you're, um, being in sports, when you're, uh, when you're young. And that's what I talk to my kids about all the time. They sometimes roll their eyes at me because it's like, here's another life lesson from mom coming about (laughs) sports. Um, but it really is true. Um, and that's, um, I have coworkers, we talk about it all the time. All the time, our analogies with sports and um, our, our work life, working in teams, handling adversity, um, all of it. There's mm-hmm. just really not a part of my life that hasn't been positively impacted by being part of sports teams when I was young.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I read a stat somewhere, and I'm going to have to Google fact check this later. But it was something to the effect of all 90%, not, not all. of women who are leaders in whatever industry they're in now Mm -hmm. played sports as children.
2: I've seen that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's fascinating. But everything you just described is probably why, you know, you Mm -hmm. learn all of those things when you're young and then you get to apply them.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, That's awesome.
1: So today we're talking about a tough topic, but Mm -hmm. one that I think is really relevant for a lot of parents. Co parenting through divorce. So, give us a Mm -hmm. little bit of context for how long you've been divorced and um, how old your kids are.
2: So, I, um, my ex husband and I, we were married in '99. Our daughter, um, Alyssa was born in 2005. Our son, Austin, was born in 2008. And, um, divorce is not something that happens in a day. So, I always, Struggle a little bit when people say, "When did you get divorced?" Because it's like, mm-hmm. how do I answer this question? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's kind of like, well, it, it doesn't happen at one. Like mm-hmm. you don't, you know, you
0: don't necessarily
2: right. fall in love in one day and get married in a day. And the same is true, really, in the in the reverse. So I guess you, our separation occurred during 2010 as we were trying to figure out through work through marriage counseling and try a number of things that we knew had been broken I guess really for a mm-hmm. while leading up to that and 2011 mm-hmm. was really a transition year trying to figure out how to make it all work our divorce was finalized in 2012 so my kids were very young when it all kind of started as a matter of fact my son he doesn't really remember us at all as a couple he doesn't mm-hmm. really remember me living in that house the the house that he and I our marital house he lives in now and I he doesn't really remember me there. My daughter does have some memories. So at the time, for context, I would say she was 5 and 6 he was, you know, 2 to 3 years old and they are now she's 16 and he's 13. So it's been it's been a decade now if you will, that's kind of where I wrap it up. That mm-hmm. it's been this long um since we've been co-parenting together. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. a
1: long time and that makes mm-hmm. sense that austin
2: would necessarily remember any of that Mm -hmm. he was really too young yep yep so it's i will say that one thing that they both that he said to me really kind of out of the blue um recently was he didn't know that divorced parents fought Hmm. oh And it just like, even now, like it kind of hits me and gets me a little choked up because he, it wasn't until he had exposure to other divorced kids, which he really didn't, they really didn't have for a long time, or I guess kids with divorced parents that he said, I didn't realize it because you and dad like make a point not to, you know, not to fight almost oh, right. to the point when they were young the kids were almost like why do we have two houses why are yes. why aren't you guys together so there was a period of time where i felt like we're doing too good a job of getting mm-hmm. along because the kids don't understand why they <laughs> can't have both their parents together which i guess is a good problem to have yeah um, hard at the time but yeah it's so it's there this i wanted to say all of that really in the beginning because that context i think is also important it's not that this divorce happened 2 years ago right mm-hmm. it's We've had time, and it took time to get to where we're at today.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm interested to hear, and we're going to get to some of this, I think, later on in the conversation, but just some of the things that you guys have put in place, because I will just say, as someone who met you, I don't know, three or four years ago, that you guys do a great job. Like, <laughs> it's not just from the kid's perspective, it's from, you know, another parent's perspective mm-hmm. looking in on you know in on our team and sitting with both of you guys at games and mm-hmm. you know working with both of you guys and coordinating drop offs with both mm-hmm. of you guys right like mm-hmm. you guys definitely work as a team really mm-hmm. really well and I really want to commend you for that because you know like I said this topic is a really really hard one and mm-hmm. I know I've complimented you on that before but yes. just to you know put it out there and say it on the air um, you guys are really doing a good job
2: of making it about the kids I thank you for that and I I really appreciate that. And for anybody who's listening, if you have these people in your life, say those things to them. It's important for them to hear Um, kind of gives them, because I have no idea. Sometimes I, you know, I, I am not involved in any kind of relationship. I live here by myself when my kids aren't here and I just have all of my own thoughts and recollections to go over all day long about (laughs) what I did right or what I did wrong and hearing from other people, especially parents on the teams that we're on, um, yeah. saying, Hey, you know, it's acknowledging that it, it it really lets me know, lets us know that we're doing it that we're doing it right, that we're doing it well, aside from what our kids tell us, of course.
0: Right. Yeah, because yeah. it's like affirming others. Affirmation in many mm-hmm. settings is really important. So mm-hmm. that's good to hear as a as a another woman to want yes. to to, to yeah. tell to tell our friends that. Yes. To affirm in a lot of ways, a lot of things. And I agree with you, though, as a parent, and yes, I'm married, but parenting is hard. And so mm-hmm. when you get affirmed by an outside voice, it does really rally you because you get all their behavior all the time. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I am so thankful for you to be sharing this because there's going to be women and probably men who listen to this who, you know, are different journeys in their in their lives and mm-hmm. um, divorce is hard as it is because you became one when you get married and then you're separating all of that. And so go on because I'm really interested in how you're going <laughs> to. help us help us understand a little more because you are, this is everybody has a story and every story is impactful for somebody at Mm -hmm. some level. So, and that really
2: was my hope. And I will share something when he and I were going through marriage counseling and towards the end, when it became clear that Mm -hmm. we were not working towards reconciliation anymore, the first thing the counselor said was welcome to hell.
0: Oh, Oh yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Breaking up a family, regardless mm-hmm. of your reasons or the necessity of it, there is, it's hell. It mm-hmm. really is.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm only echoing Juanita because <laughs> my husband has said that before, because I think we heard it, we heard it somewhere on a podcast or somebody said the same thing was it, because that's, you said it, it is hell. It is not, it's not like, oh yeah, yep. hey, let's go do this. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. And, and- I think that people also don't realize sometimes and specifically when you have children, I can't speak to getting divorced when you don't have children. Um, That's why we're talking specifically about co-parenting. But some of the things when you are married and the things that are breaking your marriage that are leading to divorce, when you have children, those things don't go away. Divorce does not make those things magically disappear. There are things today about my ex-husband that still drive me insane just like they did while we were married. Right. And I mean, I now have the benefit that he doesn't live in the same house that I live in anymore, but because we have children, we are still in each other's lives. Yes. Uh So those things just don't magically disappear. And I think that a lot of people think that they will, they think that divorce solves all of that and it doesn't. Oh, Mm. wow. That's
0: yeah. That's a good word. It's very true. Yeah.
1: So when your kids decided to play club and travel sports, because I know this was kind of the context that we had discussed this in, Mm -hmm. um, what kind of things did you guys need to put in place in order to make it work?
2: So we learned a lot of it. Um, (laughs) Just to be clear, it's not that, you know, we went into it knowing how to do all of this. So again, I think that's really important, you know, to say. Um, For myself, I can't speak for him specifically in this, but for myself at the very beginning, I know that. I found how important the words were that I said. Mm -hmm. So when I refer to my children's father, specifically Mm
0: -hmm.
2: when it comes to my kids and comes to the sports teams we're on, he's not my ex-husband. He's my children's father. Mm -hmm. It was so important to make that distinction because he's not in my life today because he's my ex-husband. He's in my life today because he's my children's father. So I only refer to him as my ex-husband when I say things like talk about when we got married or if there is a story that I'm telling about, oh, we went to Jamaica, you know, I was my now, my now ex-husband, that kind of thing. Otherwise, it's my children's father. Um, and I think, I really believe that that also had an impact when I say those things around my children, I say those things around their friends, and I say those things to the other parents. Um, again, keeping the context important. It's also important to say things like you have shared time. So it's his weekend. My weekend is what it's really easy to say. Mm -hmm. And I found it better to say it's their weekend with their dad. It's their weekend with me. Because again, Mm -hmm. it's not about me. It's not about him. It's about them. And it's about Mm -hmm. their time with their parents. Yeah. So that it just, it seems like a small thing and it may not be obvious it may be may, may not be as obvious to everybody else as it is to me, but that was a very important distinction that guided a lot of my, you know, a lot of my thought. Um another thing about the sports was once they both started doing it, you know, a parent has to, you know, be there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So he and I approached it, you know, as we believe that our children deserve to have a parent at their games. So we have two children. We don't have multiples like Patricia does. Becky, I'm not sure how many you have. So. I have two.
0: I'm with you too. Okay. It's, it's, yep.
2: So if they have something at the same time, we're going to divide and conquer in that yes. way, mm-hmm. which also meant that you're not, I'm, I'm not only their parent when it's quote unquote, my weekend,
0: right? had right. hmm.
2: to Bust through the whole my weekend versus his weekend. It just takes on different meaning. And we had to decide what that meant. Right. So if it's if, the, if it's if it's the weekend that I have my children, then it's kind of my responsibility to make sure that they can get to where they go. And if I need help, then I go to him and say, hey, can you get this one to practice? But it's not like he doesn't know what their schedule is. Right. right. Um, and if it wasn't my weekend and they had a game, I went. That oh was God. very important to me. I know of people who only – divorced parents who only show up or go when it's their weekend. And I don't Mm. get that at all. Um, I know of kids who haven't been able to participate on teams because one parent wouldn't take them to practices or games.
0: Oh, yeah. I've seen that as a teacher. Yes. It's
2: heartbreaking. Mm. It's just – it devastates me when that happens, Um, you know, when I hear about that happening. Mm. Um, So that was another – you know, that was – Another thing we just had to work on is really dispensing the whole my weekend, you know, your weekend, his weekend, whatever it is. They just meant different things. Um, sure. We also realized that uh, communication, right? So when you're married and you have children, usually you have one person, typically the mom, not always, who is the mm-hmm. primary point of contact for school, for the sports teams or what have you, mm-hmm. right? It was it took it, we had to take extra care to know who was the one communicating, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't want to be on teams where people felt like if they told one parent, then the other parent wouldn't hear because that also happens when you don't live in the same house. When you live in the same house, it's much more easy for conversation to flow and you overhear conversations and you can have all of that. He and I had to decide kind of who was the primary point of contact. And he and I had to spend a lot more time talking. I've probably talked to him more in the past, you know, few years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes I think than the last year or so that we were married. Yeah, <laughs> because the organization that. that's required um, alone. So, talking about the logistics of it all, and then also talking about our kids. We talk to each other. We talk about their mistakes. We talk about their successes. We talk mm-hmm. with each other, and we talk with them. Mm. So Patricia, you've probably seen it after games, after practices. If he and I are both there, you'll see us hanging out in the parking lot for a little while. We're often last ones to leave because that's our time to talk. We talk with our kids. He and I will have a conversation and then we have that conversation oftentimes in front of them. So they know that he and I are talking. They know Mm -hmm. that just because their parents live in two different houses doesn't mean that we're not parenting together. Right. So And then the last logistical thing was gear and uniforms, which is just you just have to pray to God every day that you're (laughs) going to get it all straight because it's... (laughs) Hard enough. One house. I with you. Just having. Yeah. I just had that with Austin. Like, you, you can try to find, you know, you get duplicates for things that are cost effective to get duplicates for, right? Like uh-huh. shin guards. Socks. <laughs> yeah. Socks. Yeah. Maybe shorts. Like, my daughter's, like, she could have extra pairs of black shorts for soccer. Um, yep. Baseball pants is easier. But those things, like the hats and the jerseys. Oh. Mm-hmm. So I literally just happened on the way here with Austin. So he's like, I can't find my gray Jersey mom. It must be at your house. I'm like, no, Uh-oh. I turned my house apart, dude. You got to find it. Anyway, he did it. That's just been the other primary <laughs> topic of conversation is where the heck is your stuff?
1: <laughs> and it's yes. two houses to
2: look in. So, yes, we have that conversation yeah. at my house. So I can mm-hmm. only
1: imagine. I mean, the mm-hmm. hats kill me.
2: Yes. Just, yeah.
1: oh my gosh. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. And, and, so those are, I mean, I, it's, it's a lot to take in. If you guys have any questions, obviously, please feel free to ask me, but that's all well,
0: I do have a question. Sure. Um, it's a little, it's goes along with everything. It's mm-hmm. off topic of the uniforms, but what, at what age did you start talking to your kids about the divorce or the separation, or did you field a lot of questions from them? Were you guys very open about, mm-hmm. you know, go ahead. I, I Yeah, no, keep, I, yeah, it's, uh, immediately. Okay. I mean. What age is that? Like, even when you started or whatever, you just kind of started a natural conversation of daddy's going to live here. Mommy will live here. You'll see us both. Like, how does that flow? Like, how did you guys navigate? So, you know,
2: at first it started with not sleeping in the same bed. Right. So again, it doesn't... Yeah. Yeah. Longer time, right? Yeah. It doesn't usually just happen. I'm not saying it doesn't happen where one day all of these changes happen. It's very progressive. So the first change really was not sleeping in the same bed. And Austin was 18 months old. So he had no, no right. difference. Little... We talked to Alyssa about it just to say, Hey, dad's going to be sleeping in the basement. And, and at that point in time, we assumed it wasn't going to be for a long period of time. Right. So we just said, Hey, just for right now, some probably something about he snores or whatever she was four. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. As time went on and other things happened, like there was supposed to be a family vacation that turned into dad's not coming.
0: Mm. Uh, okay.
2: Right. And that was mom and dad are having a hard time. And okay. Mom so you and dad kept it light. break.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You kept it light, but you never didn't tell them. It sounds correct.
2: Like. Okay. I, and that's the approach I've had with my kids about pretty much everything. Um, okay. There are times where I've said, I would love to explain it more, but it's not something that you need to concern yourself with, or it's not something right. that you can understand right now. Um, but I've always, we've always been as honest as we possibly can because this is their life, right? Like, yeah, this is their life. They deserve, they deserve an explanation. They deserve to know as much as they could possibly understand. Right. So I
0: have another question that goes along Mm -hmm. with this and I'm sorry, I have a lot of questions. Um, Oh, I love it. (laughs) Is your kids are now older. So you have Mm -hmm. an eighth and a eighth and a 10th grader, let's say. So Mm -hmm. at this point in your, in your kids' development, um, I totally just went blank. So when they're little, you don't tell them all details, but as they get older, mm-hmm. if they ask you questions, are you guys now able to, you know, conversate like at what level do you guys conversate with them more or do they ask questions and then, you know, like. So I think that
2: and I hope this answers your question with my kids. It's always been progressive, right? right? There's, there hasn't been yet a moment of reveal okay, that there's, that, makes- that there hasn't been. And, and in my situation, you know, there was not a thing that happened, right? There wasn't right, right, an affair, right. there wasn't a stealing ten thousand dollars, whatever. There wasn't and right. and an, there wasn't a singular event that occurred that caused our marriage to fail. But right? that's good to know, Juanita, mm-hmm. because
0: abuse does abuse is another option another yes. option, but does happen and things yes. do happen quickly and things change the situation. So yes. But this I did remember. You and your husband, ex-husband, obviously co-parent well, because that's why we're talking about it. Here's my question. Mm -hmm. When parents, when you're around your kids, when we were, when you're, okay, sorry, when you're married, my husband and I have always been like, we don't talk bad about each other in front of each other or Mm -hmm. or not in front of each other ever. Like that's just something as a married couple, we've always felt was very important. Mm -hmm. So I know when people get divorced, it's ugly, it's hell, it's not good. But I've been told that the best thing to do is to never talk bad about your, your spouse in front of the children, because it's their dad or their mom. It sounds like you two kind of do that. And could I? That's my question: Was do you have your kids ever pointed that out? Where they are very more or less happy with both of you, and they don't ever because they don't ever hear one of you say, "Oh well, Dad's always late, or Dad doesn't do this, or Mom, Mom's not a good cook, or Oh, Mom didn't feed you, or you know what? I mean? All those yes. comments." If you could speak into that a little bit because it sounds like you and your ex have figured that out somehow because maybe there wasn't a big initial, you know, abuse or feeling right.
2: or, you know. <laughs> so I think that this is a, a fantastic topic because this can go beyond, right, mm-hmm. the, this um, co-parenting and divorce situation. I am a very realistic kind of person, right? I am not mm-hmm. the kind of person that's going to just say that things are sunshine and roses even when they're not. So – I believe there was a period of time um, when my kids were, when it all first couple years, right? We're in, a, you know, mm-hmm. my kids and I are in a new home. This whole situation was was different, mm-hmm. and I refused to say anything negative about him ever. Express mm-hmm. any frustration, mm-hmm. and then I realized that that is not reality. That's
0: not healthy either. Okay, that's not
2: healthy either because right. I watch my friends my married friends around their kids and they banter with each other. And yeah, they do fight. And I think it's important for kids to know that their parents aren't perfect either. because yes. yes. That sets a really, really like devastating stage. If you are <laughs> setting up perfection for your children. So I realized I had to, I let loose about things. So one of the things you said, Oh, dad's always late. Yeah. I started saying things like that. Oh my yes. gosh. Dad <laughs> frustrates me because man, he always runs late or he doesn't remember this stuff. But it was never about the really serious things, unless it was something like, Ma, like, I'm open with my kids about something that I struggle with. If their dad says that too, it's open, right? right. He's not disparaging yep. me. Just right. because you speak truth about somebody doesn't necessarily mean you're disparaging them, right? right. So Austin, my son, is very analytical. He's very mm-hmm. deep, philosophical, analytical. Yeah. And his dad be like, I don't know where he gets that from, right? <laughs> and that's me. Yes. Yep, and, right. you know, he doesn't stop talking. So to answer your question, to go too far and never say anything negative, I think, is a denial of reality, right? right. I, I think it's I guess important. I'm
0: saying more like negative, defaming their character. Defaming Disparaging remarks. Person. Exactly. Yes.
2: Disparaging remarks are not... Uh, uh, not uh, okay, really, ever, right? Ever, Married, that's divorced, what I mean. Right. That's
0: what I'm saying. But once people divorce, I feel like for some reason, because they've been hurt, and I know it's hurt people, hurt yes. people, but I feel yeah. like my main thing with divorced parents is, is not setting their kids up to hate their parent, their other parent, because that's not, they're going to figure it out as soon as, sooner than later. I feel like kids will, kids are smart, like you know, kids are smart. They will see things yep. that we, we think they're not going to see. If one parent is, really hard on the other parent and mm-hmm. not telling truthful things, I feel like at some point the kids will, I do believe that God will protect their hearts and minds, but I also believe that God, that these kids will be grown up and they will see that that parent is not correct.
2: Well, it's not just that, but to take it a step further, disparaging the other parent, one of the reasons why it can be so harmful is because as a child, mm-hmm. you identify typically with both of your parents in different ways.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm.
2: And when a parent is disparaging their other parent, the child can actually internalize that, especially if it's a way that they're like that other parent. Yes. So that's actually the reason why I, I, you're right, hurt people hurt people. And I can't tell you the number of times that something happened and I had to bite my tongue. I had to cry. I had to scream. And I'm so grateful for all of my friends who were there for me when I left Mm -hmm. the situation that I could call and just spew out all of Mm -hmm. the things that I wanted to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Get it out. I also made mistakes, right? Like I made mistakes. I still make mistakes. We all do. So Mm -hmm. I also made sure, or I've tried, 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 tried tried to acknowledge that to my kids, right? Mm -hmm. I don't hide from it. I will talk to them and say, The other day when this happened and I said this Mm
0: -hmm.
2: doesn't mean I didn't feel the way that I felt, but (laughs) I shouldn't have said what I said. I shouldn't have said it to you. I Mm -hmm. should have, or, or if I was flat out wrong, I've also tried to teach my kids that you can feel the way that you feel, but don't let it affect your behavior. Like those are two very different things and you could feel how you feel, but don't let it change how you behave. And if I have done that, I want to acknowledge it to them. Again, we're not perfect, and setting mm-hmm. the stage for perfection is damaging. So I think that that's also helped them, too. They see their dad and I as two flawed human beings, right, right. Yeah. Yep. who try really hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
0: Thank you, Juanita. That was very eye-opening. And um, I, I caught a caught something in there I want to take uh-huh. home with me after this Okay. <laughs> <So. laughs> Oh, a lot. Yeah, but-, but there's one thing I like the way you said, um, you know, making us look perfect. I don't think that's what my husband and I do. We just oh. always try not to fight in front of them. Yes. But I do agree. Like sometimes we banter. Patricia knows my husband and I. We banter a lot, <laughs> so um, which is which is good for kids to see, though. So I yes. appreciate you so much for being open and <laughs> honest. There's so many women. Um, You know, what is the divorce rate? Fifty percent or what, or higher? I mean, it really somewhere in there. In its life. So, you know, if we can help others navigate it health- mm-hmm. healthily mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and our kids won't get the brunt of, you know, all the toxic that, mm-hmm. you know, would be mm-hmm. helpful. I thank yes. you for coming on, man. Oh, I, I'm really glad that, that I could. And it,
2: when Patricia and I were talking about yeah. potentially, you know, coming on, I think that this was, it, it really felt, this topic is, I felt very heavy about it, meaning mm-hmm. it, it yeah. was the importance of it. Right. Not, mm-hmm. not heavy as in necessarily negative, but you know, I had a friend of mine who her daughters are friends with my daughter and she and I ended up working on the PTA together or something back when they were in middle school. And some, she and I, my, her name's Laura. She and I were having a conversation and she was telling me about how one of her girls asked her a question about about our situation and how she was basically advising her daughter to not say that. And I was like, no, 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 let me, let me, let me, let me dispel that please. Mm-hmm. My, the fact that my children have divorced parents, it's not a secret.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
2: not a dirty taboo topic. It's, it's a hard topic. It's a serious topic, but it's part of their life. So they would rather people ask questions. I would rather people ask questions. If I don't want to answer, then I'll politely tell you. I'm not, you know, that right? I will likely say, "That's you know a little bit too far," or "I can't go that much into detail." But here's what I'll tell you: My kids would much rather have people ask them questions about how they feel, about how things work, rather than making assumptions and feeling like it can't be talked about. Um, a, a lot of times what they get is the whole, oh, it must be nice to have two vacations or it must Ugh. be nice to have two birthdays. And that makes them very, very angry. Oh, I don't blame them. <laughs> because they're like, why would you <laughs> ever want that? Yeah. Why would you ever want that? They're like, yeah. sure, yeah, it's great to get two presents, but my parents aren't in the same room together and I never spend Christmas Eve with my dad and I never spend Christmas mm-hmm. night with my mom. I'm going to
0: cry. You know?
2: like, So, those are the kind of things also to try to put out there. um, Again, in part for the people who are going through divorce or they could be going through divorce, but more so anybody who has people in their life, right? Who, who, the kids on your team who have divorced parents. And I will say that, you know, he and I have worked very, very hard. (laughs) And I hope that more people will choose to put their kids first, to put their, and it's hard. When you're hurt, like it's so hard to realize that you're being selfish when right. you're hurt and the hurt really guides, you know what I mean? It, the, the hurt is so prominent. Um, yeah. yeah. I can relate that to an injury, right? When you're on the field, like you're not thinking about anything else in that moment if you've had one of those kind of injuries. Right. Um, True. And that when you, when you have, in order to be able to not, it's like trying to get this out has like the flow of it isn't, is it coming the way that I want it to come? But it's like, in order to be able to always make sure you're putting your kids first, first, you have to at first be able to acknowledge that you're being guided by hurt. And that's a really, really hard distinction to make.
0: Mm.
2: And I don't think that I, I don't think a lot of, there's a lot of people who don't do that, who don't make that choice. They're just so hurt. Right, And they want to hurt the other person because they've been hurt, right. right. And yeah. I definitely there were times like my ex is is now engaged, he's been with um with his now fiance. They've been together. I mean, our divorce wasn't final yet. She had nothing to do with she wasn't there during the course of you know the ending of the marriage or anything like that, but when he found somebody so quickly, mm-hmm. that
0: was like the next devastating blow. <laughs> And, and, yep, that's another whole podcast. We can go to that one on episode two um, <laughs> yeah. with, with Juanita and her yes. tragic
2: life. Um, but that's like acknowledging that also was a, was a whole separate thing. So as a, if you're going through that divorce, if you're going through that pain, what I really hope parents are able to do is really evaluate, am I making these decisions because they're in the best interest of my child? They're in the best interest of my relationship with my co-parent. Because it's right. not just about how you interact in front of them. It's True. how you interact about them. Mm. Mm, that's
0: good. Wow. Yeah. yeah it, you were also sharing about how people interact with your kids and, mm-hmm. and that it's not taboo. And I appreciate you saying that because divorce is a part of life. It is mm-hmm. a sad part. I'm not going to lie. i makes yes. me to cry twice talking with you. <laughs> it does make me sad me because too. it's a lot of pain but because of the, there is hurt in marriage and, and, some hurt has to stop. And so, you know, people have to move through things. And so I appreciate you sharing that about the kids, because it also helps me as a teacher and a parent to mm-hmm. navigate my own kids as they interact with neighbors and friends that have, with kids, with divorced parents and explaining to them, this is not ideal. This is not what they all wanted. Like for me, I do believe in God and I have to say, you know, God hurts as well. And we hurt with them. And, it's not a victim mentality, but it's a, it's a realization that everybody's different and can we please not come aside these people and help them and not, you know, and not, not talk about it. So I appreciate you saying that. Yes. It will help me help my kids navigate friendships that they already have. You know? Well, and, and some, you know, some kids will be like
2: my kids, I think who will be able to talk almost about anything and sometimes mm-hmm. want to be guided yes. by questions. Right. So sometimes. that's the, being open with people, whether it's the kids, right. Or whether it's the parents actually letting them talk or asking them questions and always being prepared for them to say, I don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. As long as you can accept that, you know what I mean? Then, then Mm -hmm. put it out there because oftentimes I won't talk about things because I don't think anybody else wants to listen. Um, So sure. I'll start talking about it either when I know you well enough, or if you Mm -hmm. ask me questions, if you ask me questions, like you guys have and like Patricia's known, I will talk your ear off, right? I
1: will keep going. Yeah, but there's a level of just authenticity from you that you don't get from everyone. And I Mm -hmm. think that's what I really appreciate about having you on to share about this topic because you're just so real and open and honest about, you know, what's what. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's hard and yeah, it sucks. And yeah, it was hell. But mm-hmm. here's what we did, and I just think that yeah. that's going to be so beneficial for a lot of people to hear.
2: I hope so too. Trying to, you know, it's like the social media thing, right? Like everybody wants to portray <laughs> a certain something on social media or in life, and right. I, I, I just don't under like for me. That's that doesn't help anybody get through the day. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's good. All right. Well, before we let you go, we would love to hear a story from your blooper reel if you have something to share with us.
2: I do. I have a really good one. Um, (laughs) I think I do anyway. I mentioned that um, initially it was gymnastics or dance when I was really young, and I picked dance. And at some point in my middle school years, I'm pretty sure it was eighth grade, could have been seventh, I was also a cheerleader. And I decided I did gymnastics before. I'd like to get some gymnastics lessons again. I don't know. Like, I love (laughs) dance, but... Let me try this again. So my mom's like, sign you up for like an eight week, you know, once a week kind of class mm-hmm. to see where I was at. And I went and while I was there, everybody like knew each other. I felt totally out of place. I felt like everybody was staring <laughs> at me the whole time. And of course uh-huh. it was middle school. So it was really easy to feel that way. Yes. Uh, yeah. And I came out of there like, I had fun doing the stuff I did, but I did not like the atmosphere. And I was so like angry, confused. You know whatever about it, and I get home and realize that (gasps) I had worn white, like (gasps) spandex, and had on like bright electric blue underwear. (laughs) (gasps) That's so funny. Yeah, I never went back. I never went back. You never went back. I never. I was so mortified by that happening (laughs) that I never went back. So that was the end of my gymnastics career. (laughs) Oh (laughs) man, so fun. Before it started.
1: Short and uh, very, very loud. Yeah. Very loud. Oh, so, of course, now <laughs> I, electric.
2: I, I make sure both my kids, of course, have white, you know, either part of their uniform is either white pants or white shorts. And I always am double checking like, are you sure you want to wear those? Making sure that they both have. White or beige or tan underwear or gray that they can wear, like it, all because of that electric blue underwear in eighth there grade. There you go. He learns life lessons. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
1: Always check the underwear.
2: <laughs> That's Another fine. life lesson
1: from sports, right? That's right. True. It never ends, man. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again for being on here. I have really appreciated your willingness to share with our audience really going to touch a lot of people. So, um, thanks for having the me. Last, yeah. The last thing that we like to do is to pass the ball. So is there a woman in life who has inspired you that you would like to pass the ball to?
2: Well, I, you know, it was really hard for me to think of one person. So, you know, me coming back on the podcast again would be great. So I could pass it to a number of people, but, um, Perfect. one of my, one of my, um, best friends, since we were like 13 or 14 years old, her name is Francesca and uh-huh. we share, uh, we went to church together. We went youth group together. Mission trips together. We have grown up together in so many ways. She went to University of Maryland, by the way. Yes. Um, she went through a divorce. She's got kids about the same ages. She mm. is a lawyer. She um, is chief in her division. She's the youngest person ever and the first woman ever to be promoted to, into that position. And yeah, go um, ahead, girl. She's uh, just absolutely amazing, and. um, She's been through some rough times recently. Mm -hmm. Um, She, she got married a couple years ago, which is great. They have a blended family, but with a blended family comes things. And she just, uh, if you think anything about me and being honest and, uh, and, and authentic, she's an inspiration for me in that way and how she perseveres Mm -hmm. and how she doesn't sugarcoat things. And she deals with life, right? Mm -hmm. She deals with life. So, So that's, that's my girl
1: well thank you so much for being on the show today and never forget life is a team sport and you are never alone